I don't know if you ever heard the story about the man who was climbing up the side of a mountain and he was about you know, five yards below the edge of the cliff. And at that point, a rock broke right underneath him. He found himself just hanging on for dear life. And so he started screaming out for someone to help. Is anyone up there? Is anybody up there? Help me. And after a while, he heard a voice said, I'm here. It's me, God. The man cries out, help me, please, God. And God says, I will. Just let go and I'll catch you. What? He goes, I'll catch you. You just have to let go. And the man waited for a moment, then he cried out, Is anybody else up there? <laughs> I think one of the most difficult experiences we can have in life is to feel ourselves out of control. Right? And I think that's true because we spend so much of our time every day trying to make sure that that never happens, whether it be with our finances or our work, with grades, with relationships, with their church. We're always trying to keep control. And we want to keep control because when we lose it, we become weak. And when we're weak, that's when we become vulnerable. And when we're vulnerable, that's exactly the time when we can get hurt. That's also why falling in love is so difficult. Because there's nothing that makes you feel more out of control than when you put your heart in the hands of another human being. Because they might drop it. So being in control protects us from vulnerability. But the interesting thing about it is without being vulnerable and weak and dependent, we really can't experience love. Because love, by its very nature, makes us vulnerable. So in our life, we're in between two choices in life. Being in control or being in relationship. What does this have to do with the ascension of Christ? Well, the ascension of Jesus Christ after the 40 days after his resurrection is the culmination of his redemptive work. And what I found so amazing about the, the description of his ascension is that it's all in passive verbiage. Right? So the Acts of the Apostles says that Christ was lifted up and that a cloud took him from their sight. The second reading said the Father raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand. In the Gospel of Luke, it says that Jesus was taken up to heaven. So Jesus Christ, the one who has all authority and power on earth, the all-powerful Son of God, the second person of the Holy Trinity, accomplished the culmination of his redemptive work passively. It was never about what Jesus Christ himself was doing. It was about what the Father was doing with him and in him and through him. Jesus Christ is the one who never took control of his life, even though he was the most powerful one to do so. Because it was never about what he was doing, but the Father's will in him. His whole work of redemption actually consisted from this incarnation all the way to the end, to the passion of the cross, was to become more and more weak, more and more dependent, more and more poor, so that the Father could be glorified in his poverty. And that's really the drama of all of our lives. 
the drama between and the choice between trying to control and manipulate my life and everything else around me or to enter into the absolute surrender and poverty of Jesus Christ. And I think that's a drama that's really encapsulated by the question, do I trust God to take care of my life? That if I fall, he will catch me. And that's the drama really of every relationship. And it's why one of the worst things that we can ever experience in life is unrequited love. To be, to be refused love by the individuals that we go to when we're most in need. Because what happens is when we experience that traumatically enough or enough times, at some point, we just stop seeking it. We close ourselves off because every single time we fall in love, we become vulnerable. And it always instills a deep trust in the other person. And if that trust is violated and we feel that we're left broken and alone, well then why would I ever trust anybody with my heart again? And so but little by little we can start to close ourselves off. But that's something that we actually have to be trained into. We naturally do not trust. So like even children, when you give them a toy, like a ball, you're rolling a ball to them, their natural instinct is always to take it and hold it for themselves. And then you have to start playing a game with them, right? You, you take the ball, but then you roll it back to them. And then you tell them to roll it to you again. And what you're saying there is, you can trust me that if you give me this, what, what you love so much, I will give it back to you. I won't let you down. That's really the game we play in every relationship. And the only problem with the relationship is you're not rolling an extraneous ball, you're actually rolling your own heart like the deepest part of yourself to the other person. And so if that gets broken or rejected or it's not rolled back, I mean, what's the chances that we're going to allow that to happen again? And that's when control becomes so important in our life. Because the opposite of trust, the opposite of relationship, is control. So the more I'm fighting to control my own life and everything around me, it's actually by the very fact that I'm doing it, it's a sign that I don't feel cared for, that I don't feel like there's someone else watching out for me or protecting me or loving me. I give a lot of movie suggestions a lot in my homilies, but this one, I don't know if I can totally throw it out to everyone. You might have to watch it with like Bit Angel or something like that because every other line has an F-bomb in it. But it's a goodwill hunting and it takes place in you know, Boston. It's a very powerful movie about what can happen when we experience unrequited love, especially when we're younger. And it's about a young man, he's a genius, Will. He has all this potential in his life, and yet he's wasting everything away. He spends, he lives in, in great poverty, he works his days as a janitor, and he spends most of his nights with the same few friends, going to the bars and drinking every single day. And he does this intentionally because he grew up as an orphan. So the very people who were supposed to be the first ones to love him and take care of him in his life failed him. And then after that, he was sent from one foster home to another where he was routinely beaten and psychologically abused. And so in order to protect himself from ever allowing that thing to happen again, as he grew up, he made his world very small and controllable so that he would never become weak or dependent and thereby get hurt again. 
And the real drama of the story that it revolves around, at one point he gets in a fight with a cop and they make him see a psychiatrist who's Robin Williams. And for the first time, he's, he has to confront the problems of his past. And at the same time, he falls in love with a girl for the first time. And she wants him to leave Boston and go to California with him. Right? And so for the first time, he has to make the choice between remaining in an isolated world where he's in complete control or accepting the vulnerability that's going to come with entering into a relationship. And in a certain way, his drama is exactly what we face in our life, in our relationship with God. We're all born with an innate distrust of God. And if we do not know that about ourselves, we're deluding ourselves. That's what it means to be born in exile. After the fall, separated from God. It means that the very lies that Adam and Eve fell to are in me too. And they ate from the forbidden tree, the place of their limitation, the place of their suffering, because they believed the lie that God wasn't protecting them, that God couldn't be trusted. And when they believed that lie, they took control of their vulnerability. And because they took control, they immediately experienced the exile. And the lie that they believed and acted upon to be born with original sin, that means that that lies in every single one of us. That's why our most natural reaction when we get in places out of control is to protect ourselves, even before to pray. Because what if God lets us fall? But as it was with Will in the movie, so it is with us. It's a choice between being in relationship with God and allowing Him to care for me in my vulnerability and weakness or taking control of my own poverty, taking control of my suffering and thereby living in a life of isolation. And that is a continual battle in our life, which I think is, is akin to hell. If you think about it, like we, we have some idea that's a great thing to be powerful, to have power over other people. I've never seen a happy tyrant in my life, you know? They, every movie you ever watch, they're never joyful persons. Why? Because to be in complete control of your own life has to be one of the most cruciating things you can go through. Because you're either in one of two states of mind. You're either fighting to get control over the chaos around you, or you're afraid of losing it once you get it. It's like trying to get up on a log on water. So you're either trying to get up onto the log or once you're on top of it, you have to try to fight your hardest to stay afloat. But the mentality behind all of that all the time is, I'm an orphan. I don't have anybody else caring for me, so I have to do it myself, which is the last thing that we're made for. And that's what Christ says over and over again. I will not leave you orphans. The, the Father will protect you. He knows well what you need. And he will take care of it. The problem is what we think that we need or what we want isn't always what we need. And when we're convinced of that, that's the times when we become like orphans. And we say, if God's not going to take care of me, I have to do it myself. I have to take control. And that's the drama of our life. Relationships are based on trust. 
But trust can only be experienced in weakness when I'm not in control. So ultimately, in order to experience the Father's love for us, as human beings, we have to experience our weakness. We have to experience our vulnerability. One thing I found out recently, just shocked me, I didn't know it, bulimia, the, the temptation of a bulimic isn't as much of a hatred of, a body, of their own body, but it becomes a place of control of their suffering which I didn't know before, it's, it's amazing, but think about how many times we go to a, to a place that destroys us, that's sinful, because we're seeking control, rather than allowing God to come to us in the place of our emptiness, in our poverty, so He can redeem us there. And that was the life of Christ. Jesus Christ was never the independent lone rider, the all-powerful one. He was the poor one, the dependent one, the absolutely weak one. And because he lived his life in that mode of being, from his incarnation to his ascension, his whole being became a constant proclamation, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. He knew the Father's love for him because he was so poor and because he allowed his poverty to be the very place where the Father saved him over and over again to the point where he could, de- he could deliver himself even unto death on the cross, knowing that his Father's love would raise him up. Am I living my life like the life of Christ? Do I know the Father's love for me, his care, his providence, Or am I living like an orphan, striving to control all the chaos around my life and in my mind because I don't believe deep down that anybody else is going to do it for me? We're not made for control. We're not made to be strong, independent, perfectly virtuous adults. We're made to be like children absolutely dependent upon the Father in every single aspect of my life. That's why the saints, they were the most poor people on this earth. And it was because they were so poor that they always experienced God's providence over them. Maybe that's why Christ says the first beatitude, blessed are the poor of heart, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's like unless we're willing to engage with our own poverty, our weakness, and allow that to be the place where the kingdom of heaven shines upon us, then we won't experience it. And maybe that's why riches is really the essence of all evil in scriptures. Not just money riches, but the more power I have in myself, the less I need God in my life. The less he's able to be a father to me. Freedom and redemption. It's the experience of knowing that there's nothing in me that I can't let go of that God himself will not take care of me in. That's what the life of Christ teaches us. 
That's what his ascension teaches us. And that's what he teaches us every single time we come here to celebrate the Mass. The one thing I never get over, Mass every single day for over two years now or more, is how absolutely weak and vulnerable and dependent Jesus Christ is every single time he comes in that host. I can do anything I want with him at any moment, and so can you. One time I heard in my prayer, just in the middle of Mass, it was such a powerful thought, Jesus saying, this is exactly what I want to do to you and everybody who takes me into themselves. I want to make you as poor and weak and dependent as myself so that my Father can move you wherever he wants and you're completely surrendered to him because you know his love. And if we know the Father's love in our weakness, then we're free to be poor. We're free to be dependent. We're free to let go because we know that he will always raise us up.